It's time now for St. Mary Healthline. Your health is your most precious asset, and every Wednesday at 9 a.m., you can tune in for advice on how to better manage your health. Hear about important medical issues from the doctors and professionals across all service lines from St. Mary Medical Center. So without any further ado, it's time now for the St. Mary Healthline. Good morning. It's the St. Mary Healthline here on WBCB. Good to be with you again. And this morning, we're joined by Dr. Matt Boning, a gastroenterologist at St. Mary Medical Center. Good morning, Dr. Boning. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks a lot, Chris. Well, great to be with you. Tell us a little bit about your background and uh, your experience at St. Mary Medical Center. Sure. So again, my name's uh, Matthew Boning. I'm a gastroenterologist with Bucks County Gastroenterology Associates uh, located in Yardley. Uh, our only place we go is St. Mary Medical Center. I've been there for uh, 11 years, uh, ever since uh, finishing my fellowship at Temple University Hospital. I'm also T-U, T for T, Temple. T for Temple U, fight Temple fight. <laughs> uh, I'm also a clinical instructor in the Division of GI and Hepatology at Jefferson uh, right now. So so a Philly guy. Philly you follow guy. The, the Philly sports? Absolutely. Stayed up, watched that game last night. We're feeling sorry. pretty good today. The Phillies with uh, a bit of a win streak, two in a row. Right. I like we'll it. take it after... Uh, the, the slump that they were in. We don't have to talk about that. Good to turn it around, and uh, we'll keep it positive here this morning. And uh, feeling pretty good uh, with the Phillies' wins and able to talk with Dr. Boning today uh, about a bunch of stuff. So a gastroenterologist, that's like the, the tummy the tummy aches. Yeah, uh, in that general area, we deal with lots of things from acid reflux mm-hmm. and problems swallowing and uh, digestive issues, liver issues. Uh, a big part of our practice is uh, colon cancer screening and... Um, dealing with all those issues also. Well, uh, what is colorectal cancer? I mean, how common, is that the most common uh, thing that you guys deal with? Uh, Luckily, it's not the most common thing we deal with, but it is a a common cancer, unfortunately. Um, It's the fifth leading uh, incidence of cancer, uh, but unfortunately, it's the second killer in cancer deaths, uh, just behind lung cancer. So unfortunately, it's it's a common cancer, and it's also a deadly cancer. Um, just in 2018, there's 145,000 new cases and 50,000 cancer deaths from colon cancer in the last year. We're, we're talking with Dr. Boning here. It's the St. Mary Healthline on WBCB, uh, gastroenterologist with us this morning. So uh, colorectal cancer, do people uh, uh, feel a similar like uh, tummy ache symptoms? I mean, uh, do they present with a, a certain... Uh, checklist of things that uh, people can be aware of? So there's there's some symptoms to look out for, but unfortunately, most people that develop colon cancer don't have any symptoms. Hmm. Uh, and, you know, they don't really develop symptoms until things have already progressed to, to usually uh, something more than you like. Um, so when it gets to that point, though, you can have symptoms like abdominal pain, you can have rectal bleeding, change in your bowel habits, unexpected weight loss, uh, so if you have those symptoms, obviously, you know, something's wrong. You should see your physician. But unfortunately, again, colon cancer, almost all the time, really, it starts with no symptoms at all. All right. Is this uh, something that is inherited? Uh, is it based on people's behavior? So kind of both. Yeah, there's definitely some inherited risk factors. Yeah, if you have a family history of colon cancer or significant colon polyps, uh, that increases your risk. There's some genetic syndromes that definitely increase your risk, like Lynch syndrome and familial polyp syndromes. But there's also risk factors that you can kind of modify on your own, like smoking, obesity, uh, alcohol, um, 
there's some association maybe with processed and red meats. So right, those right. are some of the risk factors that you know you can do on your own to help reduce your reduce your risk well, of what, what do you cancer. think about those processed meats? I mean, I, I've I, I've talked before here on WBCB about uh, how what was it the World Health Organization has put processed meat on their list of uh, of carcinogens. carcinogens yeah. uh, that's pretty serious Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. There, there, there's definitely something to that. Uh, I don't know if it's 100% identified, but there's definitely an association there. I think in general, the less processed, smoked uh, meats, the the better. Um, not not just for colon cancer, but probably for, for, for lots of things. You know, colon cancer has been on the decline for almost every age group except for young people um there's and nobody can really understand why and some hmm. people think it might be a diet thing like smoked meats or you know lunch meat too um, much processed food i mean outside of meats is uh, other processed foods potentially it's possible again nobody really knows uh, and again it's it's kind of this alarming trend it's still pretty rare in young people but it's hmm. definitely on the uptick where everybody else is on the the downside and uh, sloan kettering's doing observational studies trying to figure out you know is it your your cell phone in your back pocket, or who, who knows? But there's there's something that's uh, kind of driving it. All right, so stay away from those processed meats, perhaps. Uh, as we talked this morning with Dr. Matthew Boning from St. Mary Medical Center about uh, gastroenterology stuff, colorectal cancer, getting your screenings. All right, so how about the the genetic stuff you were talking about? How could, how would people know? I mean, I guess you have the the, uh, the 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 oral family history that gets passed down from one generation to the next. Are there other types of genetic uh, screenings that uh, that people do or you recommend yeah so uh you know, most people that get colon cancer they don't have any family history so while that increases your risk of you know more people that have colon cancer have no family history or any symptoms at all mm. uh, but there are things that you can do to to screen and i kind of do that in the air quotes that you can't see on radio but it, to screen for colon cancer um and, and there's different tests that you can do for that and i kind of lump those into two categories there's the preventative kind of test and the screening tests um the preventive test we think of as you know, colonoscopy. So the whole goal of a colonoscopy is uh, to take a look around the colon and remove colon polyps. Polyps are these little growths that, these little mushroom-like growths that develop from the lining of the colon. And some of them, it's actually a very small percentage, but some of those turn into cancer over time. So by having a colonoscopy and removing polyps, you actually prevent colon cancer. That's, you know, one of the few cancers you can prevent. So that, that's better than a screening. It's better than a screening, right? So the, there are you know other screening tests that besides colonoscopy uh, that are um, rec- uh, recognized by all the organizations, including stool tests for checking for blood or genetic markers of cancer. And, and those tests are really designed to try and catch cancer early, you know, so that maybe it's still curable if you catch things early. But again, they're not they're not really a preventative test. Like you know, if you can prevent something, I I think that's better than trying to catch it early. I mean, are are there symptoms to the polyps? Would people feel any? No. Anything? No. That most would most indicate, poly- Oh, I, I I have a polyp, perhaps. Yeah. No. Uh, most polyps are, are are small. You know, five to ten millimeters. You know, that's pretty small. And uh, you know, by the time they start to grow, again, they still don't really have any symptoms until things are, you know, too far along. We're talking with Dr. Boning today uh, about gastroenterology stuff on the St. Mary Medical Center, the uh, the health line here on WBCB, and uh, colorectal screening, obviously important. It prevents uh, cancers. When do, would people start to, to get those, those so procedures? For average risk colon cancer 50? screening, yeah, 50 is, is still the, the gold standard, although... 
the American Cancer Society last year just reduced, uh, uh, released their new guidelines, which said actually 45 for all comers, including average risk, because hmm. of this kind of uptick in young people. And that was based on this big observational study that the that was done by the U.S. government. Um, and that hasn't really been adopted by every society yet, um, although the president of the ACG supported it. And now Aetna Insurance is actually paying for it. Um, it's still not 100% uh, caught on yet, but in the future, it's probably going to be 45. But for right now, uh, in general, 50. So is Aetna an outlier in that way? Are they one of the few insurance companies that yeah. is paying for that procedure right, early? Right now, they're the only insurance company, which is... Uh, you know, I, I think a little bit alarming. You know, you have this study and a recommendation from American Cancer Society, you know, start your colonoscopies earlier because of this uptick. Hmm. Um, well, that w- widened my eyes a bit <laughs> here as yeah. uh, I'm ready, perhaps, uh, for my procedure. But uh, it's something that you people kind of have to feel mentally prepared for a little bit. Uh, is this something you coach uh, some of your patients through, doctor? Yeah, yeah you know, that, that's one of the hurdles of people having a colonoscopy. It's, it's a little awkward to think about. It's not something you do every week, but, um, you know, the procedure itself is, you know, you're sound asleep. You don't really know a thing. Um, the worst part of the whole thing really is the day before. So the, the, and that's another kind prep, of hurdle. Right? Yeah, oh, the look prep. out for the prep. Right, the big jug of fun that you have to drink. But, right. uh, the, the preps are, you know, they're much better than they used to be. Uh, the whole preparation for a colonoscopy is, you know, you're on clear liquid diet the whole day before. And then uh, we give you this stuff to drink that's actually, you know, much less volume than it used to be. We split it up over two separate times. It's still no fun. It's something you want to do, you know, on a Saturday night for fun, but it's uh, it's not the end of the world either. Yeah, even even the prep is better. You'd be, oh, back in the day, it was really, really you guys have it easy. Yeah, it used to be this okay. four-liter jug of fun wow. that you had it down. Jeez. Uh, here on the Healthline, sometimes we have a little bit of, of fun here. So, Dr. Boning, how about these companies that are having you poop in a box and send it to them? Uh, I mean, this is kind of a form of uh, colorectal cancer examination. Uh, tell our listeners a little bit yeah. about, about what that is about. Is that effective? So, it it is for, for what it does. And, and what, what they're checking for are cancer genes in your stool. And it's it's extremely sensitive for finding cancer. So, uh, you know, God forbid you have colon cancer and you have the that test done, you know, it'll come back positive and hopefully you can catch colon cancer early. There's a couple of problems with that test, though. Um, you know, it, the specificity of the test is actually very low. So I can't tell you how many people we get called every day saying, I had a positive colon guard, I have colon cancer, I need to have a colonoscopy. And actually, out of all the positive tests... Only 4% actually have colon cancer. Wow. that's So while it's very spe- sensitive to find it, it's not very specific. That's a relief for a lot of those people. Absolutely. Um, and then a lot of people that have negative colaguards, you know, could still have significant polyps. And I've, I've done colonoscopies for other reasons. They had a negative colaguard the year before, and then they had multiple decent-sized polyps. So, again, it's not really a prevention kind of test. It's a, it's a good screening test. And in the right population, you know, I would recommend everyone that should get screened should get screened one way or the other but for example uh, if you live in the middle of north dakota uh or you have you're waiting for a heart transplant something that where you shouldn't have a colonoscopy it's a you know it's a fantastic tool to make sure you don't have colon cancer right that second but i mean the process is always the same the the polyp forms and then the cancer for so if the polyp is removed so in those situations the, a, a larger polyp could become cancerous but that test wouldn't detect it correct by the time it's in your stool it's it's already already, cancer it's already in your body right and you know a a colonoscopy with a polypectomy removing a polyp 
has a 90% risk reduction in that person developing colon cancer in the future. So, I mean, it, it truly is a, a preventative test, and it's the main reason why colon cancer has been really on the decline for most age groups over the past 20 years. All right. Is there a point at which you start at 45? How often uh, do you repeat that process? Uh, so five to 10 years? For average risk people, you know, they have no family history of cancer, significant polyps. If they have no polyps and it's a, a good colonoscopy, meaning it's a good kind of prep, you get a good look all the way around, it's 10 years between colonoscopies. Uh, if you have a family history of cancer or if you've had polyps, that changes things, and sometimes it's five years. It uh, kind of depends on, on what happens. But for average risk people, for most people that have a colonoscopy, it's once every 10 years. I mean, are, are people are living longer now. Is there a time where you would say, you know, that's maybe you don't need one after 85? Yeah, so the guidelines vary a little bit. Most people say between 75 and 85 is the time to stop doing screening, uh, especially in average risk people. But it's more of a case-by-case uh, scenario. So, uh, you know, I know some 80-year-olds that are in better shape than, than I am right now. And uh, if they, you know, have had a big family history of colon cancer, they've had polyps, then absolutely would do a colonoscopy. Now, for folks can't see us here on the St. Mary Health line, but Dr. Boning, he looks like he's in, in fairly good <laughs> shape. So I'm not sure who these 80-year-olds are, but uh, they must be pretty fit. Um, but I, I guess, as you said, some people who are 90, they say, hey, I've got family history of longevity. Uh, why not, uh, if I can handle the prep, go through that process again and yeah. just make sure uh, I, I got another 10 years of, of, of being cancer-free? And, and that's kind of what the guidelines are based on and what, what you think the 10-year life expectancy is. So, you know, someone has, if they're on dialysis and they have lots of issues and they're 75, then maybe we won't do a colonoscopy. But if, again, you're 80... Uh, 82, and you have a big family history, and you're feeling great, then, uh, again, it's kind of a case-by-case. It's a celebration of life. Right. (laughs) Oh, geez. (laughs) Here with Dr. Matt Boning, a gastroenterologist at St. Mary Medical Center. This is the Healthline. Great to be with you this morning, celebrating a Phillies two-game win streak. We got another one against the Mets here, and uh, talking about some serious stuff. We're going to continue. Want to talk about uh, just having that screening performed. Uh, We talked a little bit about some of the insurance for those who are uh, a little bit early in the process. Uh, I I would imagine that it's uh, it's covered throughout. So we'll we'll ask Dr. Boning about that and uh, just what's the haps at St. Mary Medical Center as we continue with the health line. We'll step aside real quick and we'll come right back with you here on WBCB. It's the health line with St. Mary Medical Center. Summer of shellfish time at Chickies and Pete's. Your favorite local sports bar and crab house makes magic with shellfish all day, every day throughout the summer. Mouthwatering crab feast with a pound of steaming snow crabs, tasty Dungeness crabs, and three hard shell crabs in our signature blend of seasonings and spices. Try the fresh and light lobster cob salad, delectable shrimp tacos, or shrimp roll. Perfect for summer. Summer is here. That's the summer of shellfish only at Chickies and Pete's. Chickiesandpeets.com for locations and details. Endurance Sports is all about fun this summer. Yes, it is a great ski shop, but you're also going to find some fun beach gear there, too. Check out all the cool Panama summer gear, boogie boards, beach towels, sunscreen, hats and glasses, everything you need to make a day at the beach just perfect. And after the beach, try a bike ride. Endurance Sports is fully stocked with bikes for all types of riding from boardwalk to the mountains. Endurance Sports in the Oxford Oak Shopping Center. We know our stuff. Dear neighbors, our hearts live to fix yours. The St. Mary Cardiovascular Team stands ready to save your life 
in ways that are safer, faster, less invasive, and sometimes extraordinary. You see, that's our mission, to treat you with brilliant technology and simple human kindness. Call 8447-SAINT-MARY or visit stmaryhealthcare.org slash heart. We now return to St. Mary Healthline. Welcome back to the Healthline here on WBCB. Here with Dr. Matthew Boning, a gastroenterologist at St. Mary Medical Center, talking about all that uh, GI stuff. Um, uh, some folks, you know, I, I've, I've talked with people who you know, can't eat certain foods because of their digestion. Does any of that relate to colorectal cancer or um, uh, other types of issues that you guys talk about or deal with with patients? Yeah, not, not so much for colon cancer, I think. Again, a lot of people uh, have no no idea that something bad is happening. Hmm. Um, and, you know, food-wise, again, the, the processed meats and smoked meats, uh, red meats, that's about the only kind of food association uh, with, with colon cancer. I guess I'm thinking of, like, the diverticulitis types of, uh, of situations. Yeah, diverticulitis stinks, um, but not really related to colon cancer. Very rarely, diverticulitis can be precipitated by colon cancer. You know, there's a growth that kind of grows over one of these little pockets and kind of precipitate the infection. So people have had diverticulitis. We end up doing a colonoscopy to make sure there's nothing that precipitated it. But having diverticulitis by itself doesn't increase your risk of colon cancer. All right. I mean, terrific news when you think about uh, what uh, the, the the C word used to be for people, and now it's uh, a preventable um we're talking about uh, the, the types of screenings. Tell us a little bit more about how this prep is better now, Dr. Boning. Yeah, so uh, a few years ago, all the GI societies recommended these split-dose preps. So, does it taste better? Uh, maybe. Mm. Uh, a There's little bit. There's just less of it? Yeah, it, it does taste better. And there are different preps, and they all have their own little shtick with different flavors. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it does taste a little bit better. Uh, you know, it's an electrolyte solution, so it's very salty. And most people don't really like the taste. But it is... Less volume that's split up over two separate times, so it's definitely better tolerated than before. All right. So, what what are those electrolytes doing? They're they're lighting up the body inside. You see, you see that. Well, the the whole purpose of the prep is to create a little tsunami and flush everything out. So we have to replace all those electrolytes that you lose. So it's a it's kind of an even balanced solution, so that you're kind of net even. And and then you're able to to take a look, see if there are polyps that exist. Right. And. Uh, I mean, even see things that are, that are microscopic type of polyps? Do you, or do you have to, do they have to be visibly present? Or can you guys see now things that are actually a little bit smaller than the eye can detect? Uh, there are some ways of doing that with chromoendoscopy and other things. But really, a, a general colonoscopy, we're looking for polyps that we can see. But we can see polyps that are, you know, even just a couple millimeters uh, big. Uh, so, you know, even small polyps we can see and, and remove. And again, you know, for the colonoscopy, uh, while we're doing that, uh, it sounds kind of awful, but you, you're sound asleep. Uh, you really have no idea uh, what's going on. It's a, it's a fantastic sedation. You're asleep quickly. You're awake very quickly. You know, even the sedation is better than it was you know, 15, 20 years ago. I mean, do people get concerned about the anesthesia? Um, sure. I, I th- is it? Is it general anesthesia? No, it's not general anesthesia. It's called conscious sedation, uh, where you know, you're not really conscious, but you're breathing on your own. You're not on a ventilator. Um, and, you know, it's a natural reaction to be concerned about being put to sleep. You know, I, I don't like losing control, but uh, uh, the sedation, it, it, it is so fast-acting. You, you don't really know, and then all of a sudden, before you know it, things are done, and you're waking up, and 
um, it, it's again so much better than it used to be. All right, I'm going to use some air quotes myself. <laughs> so, what is the fast track for low risk patients? So that's a way of, of trying to get more people screened uh, for colon cancer. You know, there's so many limitations and hurdles for people to go over to, to get their colonoscopy or get colon cancer screening. So uh, the fast track is a way that we oh, can... So how long does it take? I mean, take the prep out of it, but let's, let's say the day of the procedure. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, how much is it your your, your whole day is... So, no, well, uh, the actual procedure itself takes 15, 20 minutes, uh, especially if there's no polyps uh, or anything else to do. You know, there's the, the prep work and the, the recovery afterwards, usually there for an hour and a half, two hours uh, most. Uh, and then, you know, for the rest of the day, we tell you just to keep it easy. You did just get sedation. So for that day, you know, you don't work, uh, uh, nothing extra strenuous uh, for that day. So, so it's kind I mean, of that, one that, day. That does take, uh, I mean, it is difficult to yeah. carve a complete day out of a busy schedule yeah. in, in this uh, modern go-go world. Yeah, it absolutely is. But then, you know, when you think uh, maybe that one day could prevent colon cancer, Seems like a good trade-off. Yes, yes, yes. So, but the the fast track uh, allowing you to see more people. Yeah. So what that does is uh, a lot of the uh, Quality Health Alliance, uh, the St. Mary's primaries, they have a a, a a form that they can fill out for their patients, send it over to a gastroenterologist's office. Then that office calls them, sets up the colonoscopy, and it kind of cuts out any other appointments or you know, we don't have to see them in the office before or any kind of pre-procedure appointments. Uh, you know, the, the primaries make sure that they're appropriate for a colonoscopy and medically, you know, healthy. And uh, then it just kind of helps speed up everything and, and less time for the patient to be out of work and, and away. I mean, that seems like the way it should be. Right, absolutely. But, but what, what, what the other process would be, they would see their general and then they would have an appointment with you and see you that's how it used in to be. an office setting yeah um and and we still do that so say, say someone has lots of medical issues or they're on blood thinners or some extraneous circumstance that we want to kind of for our own selves see and mitigate before we do a colonoscopy but for you know the vast majority of people that are healthy uh low risk uh, low sedation risk uh all those gi societies have, have put their blessing on this fast track process to help kind of expedite things and get over some of those hurdles. Well, it's good to be in the network. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Here talking with uh, Dr. Matthew Boning here as we're with you for the St. Mary Healthline on WBCB. So that fast track program, um, these procedures are not only preventing cancer, but also covered by insurance um, after 50 and in some cases before that. Right. Uh, You know, virtually all insurances uh, we'll cover screening procedures. Um, so uh, it, it's really not not a big hurdle anymore. Um, al- almost every insurance will do that. There, there's a couple of very small outliers, but uh, in general, uh, screening purposes, uh, it's covered by insurance. I mean, it's, that's, I mean, obviously it makes a lot of sense for them as it's preventing... Sure. Yeah, the cost of a colonoscopy is pales compared to the cost of... God forbid, treating colon cancer. All right, so we just talked a little bit about the uh, the primary care physicians. They're part of this process. Uh, that's where patients who are listening to us, that's where they would start and uh, potentially say, look, I'm, you know, as part of their physical, I would imagine their primary care physicians are telling them that they should do this. Oh, yeah. I mean, are there also good to be your own advocate and, Absolutely. you know, tell your doctor... Yep, I, I ought to do that. Absolutely, and you know, uh, almost every primary they have a checklist of you know screening things. You're checking your cholesterol and all those usual health maintenance things sure, that they yeah. should be done. So, uh, uh, it, it's uncommon for a primary not to recommend that. But uh, you know, like you said, it's good to be your own advocate 
um, and uh, always ask about your own screening. So when you would have that office visit, you're going through a lot of family history stuff. What should people be thinking about um, in their own uh, family history? Um, I, I, I guess I, I mentioned the oral history that sometimes gets passed down from one generation to the next. In a lot of cases, maybe you don't know that oral history. Absolutely. You know, uh, you know the biggest risk is first-degree relatives, you know, mother, father, brother, sister with colon cancer. Right. The, another risk factor is, is having a family history of significant colon polyps. And, and that was a change in the guidelines a few years ago because some of these polyps could turn into cancer. So uh, large polyps, certain types of polyps, uh, those people should start earlier. Uh, they'd be at an increased risk of colon cancer. But, you know, it's not something you sit at your Thanksgiving dinner and talk about your colonoscopy. You know, so it's, uh, it's good to talk to your family members and say, you know, uh, how's it going? And, you know, if they had any polyps, any significant polyps or, uh, or cancer. I mean, would are, are, are polyps or cysts, are they related at all? No, kind of two different things. Uh, polyps are solid uh, tissue. Uh, cysts are more fluid-filled. Um, but again, you know, when we're doing colonoscopies, that's what we're looking for, these, these polyps. We're talking with uh, Dr. Boning here today. It's the Healthline on WBCB. What else would you like listeners to know about colorectal screenings? I like the part where you said we're... We're sound asleep, and the right. the sedation is pleasant. It, it you know, it is. Uh, it, it's. I haven't met one person that wakes up and says, "Man, I, I wish I never had that uh, that sedation," because it it really is. Uh, it, it makes the the process much better, you know, for the patient. Um, and almost everyone after that, I mean, do like, some oh, people w-. say no to the sedation and then say, "Boy, I wish I, had, uh, <laughs> I wish I had." I might have heard, "I it, wish I had that sedation." It happens. Jeez. Um, uh, for for some reasons, but uh, most people. Uh, uh, I mean, every, virtually everyone really likes the sedation. And once people have had their kind of first colonoscopy, everybody after that's like, oh, that was no big deal. And I have no problem doing that again. So, you know, mentally kind of getting over the hurdle of what's going on, going through the prep and everything. And, and it seems like a, a big deal. But um, once you've done it, everybody's like, oh, it's no big deal. You know, I don't mind doing that again. And again, the, the benefit of maybe preventing colon cancer is, uh, is totally worth it. And uh, as you talk with patients that are in their 70s or 80s, do they know sometimes friends or, or family members who have said, I'm not going to get the screening, and then they've, they've gone through uh, the horror of colorectal cancer? Yeah. I mean, that that is something that will be a wake-up call. Absolutely, and, and we, we see those stories all the time, and that's a uh, you know, for people actually you know, more in their mid-50s or early 60s that, uh, you know, I'll do it next year and kind of put it off and then their friend or, or someone they know gets cancer, and that's the kind of kick of the pants for them to, to get their screening done. Uh, and, and it's unfortunate what gets to that because, you know, lots of times things, again, it could, it could be prevented. Dr. Matthew Boning saving lives here <laughs> over at St. Mary Medical Center. Always delighted to have the physicians from uh, St. Mary join us here on the Healthline. And for more information, you can visit their website, stmaryhealthcare.org. And uh, to find out uh, more, specific, more specifically about what we were talking about today, forward slash colon. And uh, you can look up a bio of Dr. Boning and much, much more info over there, stmaryhealthcare.org. R.G. Dr. Boning, thank you uh, sure. for dropping the knowledge here with us today. Thank you. And, no problem. Uh, great tips and advice. And the bottom line is get your screening. Get, get your, your screening. Get whatever your colonoscopy. Way you do it. Absolutely. Get your screening whatever way you do it. Um, you know, colon cancer is a, 
it's a killer cancer, unfortunately, but it's uh, very rarely has any symptoms, but it's something that we can actually prevent. It's a good news, bad news kind of thing, right. but uh, the good news is you get screened yep. and uh, you, you can save a life. Absolutely. Your own. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Dr. Boning, and thanks for being with us here uh, listening in out there to the St. Mary Healthline on WBCB.